Yeah. And it's like they think everything is just them. And I was like, you should be able to pretend to be someone else. Uh, like, take an acting class. Take a clowning class. Take something else that frees you. Right. I was fortunate enough because I, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about to some degree, except I got to do a, a play out here at the Actors Gang called, uh, what, was, what was the fucking play called? It was called Little. It's directed by Shira Piven, and it was a, what, what, what do you call that method? I just forgot what it's called. Uh, uh Comedia Arte. It was Comedia. Yeah. Uh, so the whole play was in that style, you know, the white face and the... Yeah, you learn. And all that. It was all, all viewpoints. Uh, it was like fast. It was like, to me, I was like, all right, this, this is fun and fascinating, and it's, it's something else to put in, in the back pocket. Uh, and you were talking about something similar in your journey yeah. so far, uh, as far as like mask play. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a little bit of that in, in Chicago, which I found just extremely fun. Uh, where did you do that? So I also, the first time I would think I was talking to you about this outside. The first time I read about mask was actually Keith Johnstone in his book Impro. Right. And I was like, and he talked about it like in this totally spiritual, like, like almost in in a a very different way than how mask was first exposed to me, which is very much a technical tool to under, to finding neutrality as an, as a performer. So I studied with Paolo Coletto, and very simply, the first mask you'll study is neutral mask. And when you put it on your face, it covers your face. So then we are able to see the stories in your body very cleanly. 
So you study neutrality to find neutral movement or economic movement. So if I were to say, let's do this an experiment since we have an audience, a gesture of like touch Miles Strath's shoulder, uh, neutral might be touch, and then I'm going to do two more ways that maybe have a little bit of a story. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another one. What the? Right? Right. So then if we, if we study neutral, then as performers, we realize the smallest movement is telling the audience something. It's funny. I, I use a, a, a much similar or, or simpler example I always say in class where I was like, the way, just the way someone says something. Mm -hmm. Right. Any given line, like someone could say something that seems like a throwaway line. Hey, like, hey your shoes are inside. But you can also say that, like, your shoes are untied, right? And that's a completely different scene. Yeah, because totally. Of the, because of the way it was said. Yeah. And that goes back to some of the, what, what little I know of the, uh, the Meisner stuff about repetition, where it's just like, you know, the word, it changes meaning as you, or you, 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 you change the meaning, you assign it meaning, it, it, the, the meaning changes, but the more you repeat it, it becomes different things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all that I find all that shit just really fascinating. It's funny because I, I I arrive at a lot of it just from studying improv. Mm -hmm. Just because the, the longer for me, the longer I study it, the more I just run up against these things. That oh, repetition. Because I I saw repetition in improv before I learned about it in Meisner. In Meisner, just the, the simple fact comedically, that, like if someone says something odd or funny, uh, especially something like a simple misspeak. Mm -hmm. I just take that moment and repeat it. Yeah. I repeat it like, really that? And the audience laughs. And all I did was repeat what that person just said. Uh, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tool right there. Uh, and I'm, I realized over the years what, what I'm doing is I'm calling attention to something and I'm accomplishing two things in that moment. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, all right, there's that. Yes, that was a misspeak. That, that was kind of funny. And I'm also clearing the audience's mind of it. Right, which means they don't have to any. They, they don't have to keep that thought in their mind about that mistake. Because they saw it too, yeah, right? They saw it too, and so it's holding some attention for them. That's right. I don't yeah. want them thinking about that. I yeah, want them, I want them on board with the next move. Yes. Uh, I got excited. Wow, you just I, because we were just talking outside. Uh, we were talking just we talked for maybe ten minutes outside, but I, I got a strong sense of, of you being someone very you know emotionally and personally involved in the process and your journey in it. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's very, it feels personal to you. Now, just what that just made me think was, because I've tried to describe my process, you know, the students as far as how the audience has become involved with me. Yeah. I used to play like sort of despite them and at, at times against them. Right. Uh, and then sort of with them. And I just realized that I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is keep the audience present. Right? I'm trying to keep them from thinking about other shit that they shouldn't be thinking about, like something as simple as a misspeak. Let's address it, be done with it, so the audience doesn't continue to be distracted, and they can stay present so that they will laugh and enjoy more of what happens. Uh, I love that. I think that's so true. And and there is no, I mean, again, like so much of what I'm saying is so heavily, like I literally am just 48 hours out from this intensive, but so much of us as artists, like we're like, there's a backstage, there's the stage and there's the audience and there is no backstage and there is no, we're all playing together in this moment. We happen to be on the stage, but there's this like, and that sounds so zen and like kind of woo-woo, but it's true. Like we've just decided that they're the audience and we've just decided that we are the players, right? 
Right. We all are in on this. And right. then we've decided that this is a theater. But this theater doesn't become a theater until you guys come in and take your part, and then we come in and take our part. Then it becomes a theater. I, it's like I first started really thinking down these lines. I remember hearing someone say, basically just, they didn't care if the audience was there or not. And I was like, bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. Then why are you doing it in front of an audience? Yeah. Go do it in an alley. Go right. Do it, go do it at home. Right? And people do act like they're at home. And I'm like, listen. But, that's, but, but you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like, no, because that's someone who's trying to separate themselves from the audience. And to me, no, the audience, no matter what you're doing, is involved. Right. And you realize, particularly, I had the same, a similar feeling when I was performing plays or other things. But in improv especially, it's just like when I, I'm listening, I'm very aware of the audience. Right, uh, how they respond to something informs me of of their viewpoint on it, and how I might want. It, it tells me a way I might want to go with right. a, a scene I'm, I'm doing. It's like, oh, you want it darker or less dark, or you know, I, I can hear that. Yeah, because uh, they're absolutely a part of it. Um, you said you've been doing. You did a lot of training. You've been doing this, you say, for about eight years. You got a Actually, lot of 10. training. In eight I years. did my math bad. Yeah, you did ten years. Yeah, right. But in t- ten years, well, that, that's you, but you did like so many schools. I know it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It I mean, is. I did a lot of. I mean, I I did Second City, I O Chicago, Annoyance. Yeah. Uh, so I I basically exhausted. Well, in Chicago, that was all there was. Yeah. Uh, and when I did it, that's all there was in the world as far as long form. Uh. But you, so you, you did the Chicago thing. I did the Chicago, and, and then I came here, here, and I did Groundlings, UCB, and Nerdist. And do, you, do iOS? No, because I already done okay. I/O in Chicago. All right. Well, so you see, that's not so bad then. Yeah. You you, you, you only did it once then. Yeah, that's uh, right. Every which, which school. Great. But yeah, so, so you did three out here, and three there, uh, in ten years. At six schools in ten years. Yeah. I never did that. About two and a half years of a, a program. Yeah. Um, and now you're doing what? Um, and now, God, what am I doing? I do commercials. Yay. <laughs> yeah. They pay the bills. I mean, really, what did I come out here to do? That's too big of a question. Oh, what? I also create theater and devise stuff. I do a solo character called Lady Love. I do a lot of clown I but plan said, an improv team yeah, you, called mean, you, Big Paws. That's what I'm talking about. At Nerdist. I'm not asking about, you know, how's your career? Because because if I did, you might ask me how's mine, and then we'd, been, we'd, we'd both be in a bad place. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, what are you doing? Like, are, are, are you playing on a team? Are you yes, I play, I play on the team called Big Boss at Nerdist. I, um, yeah, I perform around town pretty regularly. I do storytelling. I, huh, I'm working, uh, I volunteer for young storytellers. I highly recommend as uh, theater creators, et cetera, and actors that I think people we, get involved with that. We have a new show here that's basically a storytelling hour. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you're aware of that because you might get in touch with the girl who runs it because, you know, I'm sure they're always looking for more storytellers. Yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, yeah, you should do that. Um, you asked me something earlier about the workshop, about what what it was about, and I said it was like an artistic boot camp. Right. And something that I, and like what we're talking about of, studying improv a lot and um improv to me is really a tool to understand who you are as an artist and your voice and also to see like kind of what's in your way and something that I really felt with this um 
with doing these two weeks, and improv has actually been highlighting this for me for a long time, is that um, I kind of operate in the world in this space of being like a caregiver or a giver and taking care of things, and I really identify with it. And I think the reason why I identify with it is because a low, I have a really low sense of worthiness. And seeing that I'm worthy whether or not I serve others is really profound, right? Um, and then as an improviser, what you can end up being, if you, if you operate in that way, is kind of like a boring improviser. Really. If you're just constantly taking care of the scene and taking care of people, like you'll be a good improviser. You'll play by the rules. But it does require a bit of like putting your opinion out there, having a strong choice. And that necessarily can conflict with the caregiver. Well, I think being, I think, because hmm. the way you're describing a caregiver sounds personal in a way that I'm not informed on. Uh, uh, on stage, to me, I hear you know, the caregiver, basically someone who's working in support of the other player, of the scene, of the piece, and those are all good improvisational things. Uh, there's a, you know, a, a, a lesson in improv. Sometimes the best way to take care of the other player is to take care of yourself. Yeah. Uh, so to me what's more important is how is how you feel like it's if you feel like you're f sort of forcing yourself into a position of only taking care of others and not yourself right uh well then that informs you uh to take care of yourself more because you can't really you can't service other people well unless you're taken care of. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like that's the beauty about improv. I, for a way, for a long time I identified with that and I was like, I'm that improviser that supports and my team likes me because I'm a support player. But even identifying with that, I realized that improv is like anything is possible. So why would I get on stage and already be a certain way all the time? Right. And so that's where I started to be like, Holy shit! Well, that, yeah, <laughs> you know that, that, that's when the fucking mirror of improv right. fucking pops up, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Let let me also turn that lesson back on my life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. And yes. And it seems like in my life, I've I've adopted this view. Yeah. That's one of the great things about improv, as far as like, because I see it as among the things I see it, it's a it's a great way. I see improvisation as the exploration of everything through your perspective. Right, because that's just how you see the world, and by everything it means like the world around you, mm -hmm. ideas, whatever, but also yourself. Mm -hmm. and I love how in improv you you can discover yourself. Like sometimes, mm -hmm. you, you, especially early on, you do something on stage, and it gets a laugh for a reason you didn't want it to get a laugh, <laughs> yeah. and then you learn, wait a minute, but that's what I think. <laughs> so maybe that thought is kind of fucked up. Uh, I better change that thought. Uh, because <laughs> I was very similar starting as far as being a support player because I, I didn't get what was going on. Yeah. So I mean, it was like, well, at least I can play a tree, <laughs> right? I can stand in the back and you do that looked or like something. you were a beautiful tree. I was, I was a damn good fucking tree. I believe it. Uh, but I, I did, I did a lot of you know background characters, a lot of uh, a lot of animals. <laughs> I just play. You know, if there's something no one else, no one else wants to. Jump on the floor and play the fucking dog. I'm all over the fucking dog. Right? You really uh, can't fuck up a dog. Yeah, uh, you you can. Can you? You can't. Uh, well, yeah, no. It's just it's just fun. I have a question for you. You yeah. just reminded me of it. So I hear that you don't do warm ups. 
I don't do warm ups unless you... unless the group I'm playing with, uh, like really needs to, and they they really need me, and they really need me to. I don't like warm ups for improvisation. Uh, it, it, it depends what you call a warm up. Like the way, say, me and Heather used to warm up to play is we'd meet before the show. Right. And and she would tell me stories about this, these horrendous anime cartoons she's watching. <laughs> right. Which was just, you know, beautiful, you know, murderous, you know, twisted, <laughs> twisted plot. Just, you know, just sick stuff. Uh, we talk about that or, or, or philosophy. Uh, and basically, you know, have a, an interesting, very colored conversation right before the set. To me, like that was that was our that was our warm up. Yeah, warm ups I don't like are like you know clappy clappy point point. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You know, like, let's let, let's let's play a game where who's the funniest guy in the center of the circle for five minutes. Because uh, those types of warm ups were the only thing in improvisation that made me feel stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just dumb. So why do I do this? Plus, I coupled that with a lesson I got from McNapier, which was high energy is just a decision. Because warm ups in part were to get your energy up. Yeah. Also in part to get the, get you in the right mindset. Although most people fuck that up because the warm up warm ups as often as not feel like a competition mm -hmm. rather than something that that's bringing people together. But as far as the energy goes, you can just decide to be high energy. You don't have to play clappy clappy point point uh, oh my God. okay so i will say this i agree with a lot of what you're saying so i think there are certain warm-ups work better however i will add this in la that is the town of cool one of the fucking dorkiest things you can do is a warm-up and it totally gets people on the same page and it reminds us that we're all not that cool we have this like veneer and we're in la and we're like i want to do but if we just do this like dorky, like so silly, we're, you know, we have nothing to lose after that. Right. And so in a way, I'm like, if there's a town that needs the warm up, it's LA. But I agree. The pointy, pointy, get in the circle, like everyone has to sing. I hate those. All right, but yeah, what I'm saying with, with what you're saying, like if, if there's a group who's in need of, you know, if they're at a place in their improv where they're not comfortable with themselves or they can't laugh at themselves yeah right then yeah maybe they should do some dorky stuff to 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 get to get the feel for that to, to yeah. make that part of themselves but if you're a player who's basically like look i don't i'm already i'm the first one to laugh at me right right uh so and, and i don't i don't need to be funny before the show right i also hate to inevitably you do some jackass warm-up before the show <laughs> You go on stage, and then someone very cutely calls back something from the fucking warm-up oh in the show, and we all have a nice inside laugh on stage, and the audience isn't part of that journey. Uh, and I was like, ah, it's, it's just, this is just fucking great. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we, we played Miles, you really hate game. the warm-up. I don't like warm-ups. Uh, what, what about a physical warm-up to get you in a state of physicality that you're already he's looking at me like disgusted yeah, disgusted I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah, to, to me i don't need I, I don't need to do that right right but you've been improvising for so long right so i don't need to do that right uh, there was a point at which there was a point at which i'm sure i was like we better warm up 
Yeah. Right? Especially was, with that voice. Yeah, we better warm up, guys. <laughs> guys, this is really important. It's show night. <laughs> there are people there. I have three we, friends from right. work. I brought two friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, How many friends did you bring? You didn't bring any last time. I really think you need to start bringing... Yeah. Uh, you need to start bringing friends. No, I'm, I'm sure I was at that place at, at one point. But yeah, you reach a certain point where it's like, look, I don't need to, I don't need to warm up. Yeah. I mean, there are certain players that I would never say, hey, man, do you want like, like Kevin Dorf? Hey, you want to warm up, Dorf? Like he doesn't want to fucking warm up. Who's Kevin Dorf? Kevin Dorf is a. Is he famous? He, no, he, well, he's 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 a, he's a legendary improviser, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and he's not someone I would ever ask to fucking warm up. Uh, yeah. If I did, I would expect. Hey, to get it's punched. cool. We can pass the warm up. I agree <laughs> with you. Do you want to warm up for the show? Is that well? What you it's want too to late. It's too late. To uh, me, this is the warm up. This is the warm up. You know the the, the conversation. I mean, and talk, I will say talking to you already. You don't need to fucking no. warm up for the show. But what I would do for clown, for example, I worked with someone. I was like, uh, in our warm up, it was a very physical routine, so we already physically war- had to stretch and get ready for it. But um, our warm up was slapping each other in the face. That is just dumb. Right? It's so <laughs> dumb. That is that 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 reminds me. Of, it's was, so dumb. There was a Thanksgiving dinner at my house where, like, my some I had some nieces and nephews at the time. I was this long before I had kids, and one of my nieces was playing a game with one of her younger uh, cousins, where they were slapping each other in the face and sort of giggling. <laughs> and uh, the boys, my brother, the boy's father, sort of came to like, "Hey, no." Don't play this game. This is because it's just a nasty little game. Because you know where it's going. It's gonna get a little harder. It's gonna get a little harder. It's like how much can we get away with fucking hitting each other? Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> I I no because I would because it's funny because to me if, if I'm standing and someone slaps me in the face it does not put me in a good place. That's true. Right. It, it, it's not like oh yeah that that was that was good. You just slapped me and now well, and now I'm hard. angry and I get to hit you. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, but I, well, I suppose the point of this would be, no, but don't be angry. But I am. I just let some fucking person slap me in the face. Uh, it's funny because there are people who do like physical stuff like that on stage. And I'm just like, don't do physical stuff to me on stage. Right? Like dumb shit. Like if someone chokes me and they're really choking me. Oh, no, no. That's you know, not but you know okay. What I'm yeah. But I'm just like, you know, there's, there's like stage stuff. It's, it's always the other person. Right, you don't do anything to the other person, uh, and I see people fuck that up all the time. And some people just are unaware of their own physicality on stage. Like they start, like I played with some big guys who just start barreling across the stage. Yeah, and it's like you better get the fuck out of the way because that guy is literally going to knock you clear off the fucking stage. Well, that's where it gets. It's really valuable to study theater as well because there's no, there's very little physical contact. Unless it, there's a director like choreographing an intimate scene, but all fight scenes, there's a lot of just like holding the person and creating a sound of right. noise, right? So there's not because um, we are in like a heightened state, and we're not fully aware sometimes of like how we might be hurting someone. So I'm actually fully on board, and especially like actually this stage is great because it's not cement, but there are so many stages in LA that are cement. And people like take do these like big physical things, and my head is like immediately I'm out of the play. I'm right. like, you're gonna break an ankle, you're gonna break something, right? Yeah. And I think the audiences too, because they see like the potential. Yeah, I'm with you there. Right, but but you like warming up. I love warming up. <laughs> well, I think not. it's we're not gonna warm. We're up. not gonna warm up. Happen. But I do I do think like if I'm ever uh, 
I will, I, I always encourage a warm up, but to find something that makes you kind of like, I don't know. There's some, I, LA to me is so cool. Everyone's so, and like people, like, how are you? Fine, good. That's not real. There's no way, given all the shit that is going in the world, that most people fall in those two categories. Right. It's such a fucking dumb question we ask. How are you? Well, it's a throwaway. It I mean, is. You know, that's a how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. All right, let's talk about what the fuck we're going to talk about. Or yeah. Let's pass each other and, and, and be polite. Because you don't want, how are you? Well, here's what happened this morning. I don't morning. even ask anymore. <laughs> what? Uh, you're right. I If I want that, then I'll really ask. Yeah. I'll be like, but yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't ask anymore. That's my new thing. I, I don't ask, how are you? I think we should all do that. Because you, you, are, you, you are not taking care of people anymore. That's right. Because you have had it. You don't need to know how they are. That's actually, uh, that's right. I'm going to really try not well, it to. It was funny because I was sitting here going, because like, you're just like, I'm not going to ask anymore. And I was like, no one cares. But, 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 <laughs> but, but to you, it's like, no, I'm not asking anymore. Right. That's a thing for me. Yeah. Because I would ask and I would want to care and, and, and they don't care. Uh, it's like it's something you were saying, just all of what you were saying earlier, it's like you so clearly care about this process. Uh, and it's more, you, you want it to be much more than you see it as being, uh, both outside yourself and for yourself and probably outside yourself as a part of like, well, you want to be part of it. Uh, it's like there's a lot of shit we have to deal with as far as there's a lot of crap in the scene. Uh, but it's funny because I started like, I remember, I you know, why do you improvise? Someone asked me that long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to heal the world. It was, it was sort of a throwaway kind of funny thing to say. But I was, like, I was, I was only half joking. I'm like, no, because somewhere in me is like this, you know, I can do jackass stuff mm-hmm. on stage and I can do all the silly stuff. But somewhere in me, I'm just like, no, this art form will fan out and it will slowly infect the world uh and it's actually happening pretty quickly because it's in in my lifetime there are two long-form places in the world uh and now they're fucking everywhere yeah international Uh, yeah so it, it will slowly change the course of the world so it will heal the world uh and i think that's something that you're more in in tune with as, as far as like, as to you, it seems to me the art form is, is, is very personal as a, as, as a way of improving yourself, but also as a way that you want to cause effect upon the world. Would you agree with that or want to further yeah. that? I know my silence is, what is she thinking? <laughs> um, I, I would agree with that. And I, I think, um, for the improvisers out there that do feel so deeply moved by it, you can feel a little like, God, it, it's, it is fun, but to me it's deeper than it's just fun. Like, like you said something out there, you're like, yeah, when I started improvising, I was like, this is, I'm in it. There wasn't like, you didn't have to declare, I'm in it for the long run or I'm in it for life. You're just like, I'm in it. And it's not about necessarily being funny or successful, which at times it can feel like it's about that. We might go through that journey, but it's like, I'm in it. And so I remember when I first saw improv, it was like that clarity of like, I'm in it because I think we heal the world by healing ourselves and bringing about um, that healing to others. And whatever our personal calling is, we do it through that form. I believe that's true. I, I, yes, I believe that's true. I'm going to actually open it up in case there are any questions yeah. out there for Amrita. 
Any at all? Oh. Yes, you right there. Um, I've studied a lot with Paula Coletto, and I recently at this two-week intensive, I also worked with um, uh, Christopher Shaw, and um, we, with both of them, I've done neutral, there's larval masks, and then half-character masks, and then you even get to the commedia masks. But all of them are really powerful in, um, you know, focus, attention, and specificity. Like, you guys, we, as an audience, like, we are taking your focus and attention in specific areas. And we're not, if we're not aware of that, then what we're doing is we're scattering your attention and you just hear a lot of noise. So mask work as a tool is really helpful to improvisers to get rid of that noise. I mean, even the simple thing of if there's two people on stage and you're on the sideline and you might, like right now, Miles' hand is doing this, right? He's, um, what is this? Drumming your fingers, right? And that, We'll pull maybe Joe's focus, he's in the front row, to Miles. So in a way now, that's become a part of the story of what's happening on stage. But is is Miles, I'm sure Miles would be aware of it, but are the other players aware of it, right? So it's really about understanding that like, as the audience, we see the whole stage. So yes, we create scenes in which there's a room, but all the players at any given time could be a part of it. And as we quickly become... As the audience, we quickly become attuned to that, the rules. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you were talking about the, the masks earlier, and I was thinking, like, because you've studied the masks. Yeah. Right. We had a bunch of masks. Yeah. In Chicago. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, Sharna got from somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah. And we at IO? Yeah, at IO. Wow. And this is earlier That's on. Surprising. But basically, us studying masks was, hey, let's put the masks on. <laughs> And see what happens. Because basically, well, basically, it's a similar thing to everything you're describing. It's like you put the mask on, you look in the mirror, and you have to justify. These were half masks. Yeah. So you have to justify the bottom of your face to the mask. And that, of course, you look at it, and it doesn't look like you. And it looks like someone else. So then you become that person. Yeah. Right. So that was basically the, the play of masks. I have no idea what you think, you know, a standard mask or a, a neutral mask. Like, no, we just had funny masks. Yeah. I mean, any. <laughs> it sounds like that was helpful as well. But any study in that way is really. Because you just talked about like finding a body that supports the mask that you're wearing, and that's part of it too. I, I see that sort of stuff as what I call in, in improvisation is becoming. Mm hmm. It's like, it's like the first thing I want to try and do in a scene is become the person who's doing the thing yeah. that is in the scene. Uh, and that's, you know, facially, physically, you know, vocally, whatever it is, you know, become them so that I'm no longer me on stage. The last person I want on stage is me. I know. God, I totally agree. I hate playing. I'm like, I get to be me all day. It's not that interesting. I'd rather be 10 other things. I absolutely agree. Yeah, right there. Um, you said it a bunch of places, and... You know, um, at ECP they tout game, and I.O. it's relationship, but, you know, at Gremlins it's character, whatever it is. Are there different um, philosophies that, that you still like, hold dear to this day um, from getting that, you know, hodgepodge of all, all this different stuff from all schools? Okay, so that's a really interesting question. Um, one, for me personally, I've definitely gone through the phase of being like, this school is better than this school and this community. And in Chicago, they do it this way. And you get like kind of territorial about where you are, right? And I get it. Like, because 
anytime you're doing work that's vulnerable, it feels a lot better to be like, the way that I'm doing it is right because this thing I'm doing is so shaky. So all of that aside, I have a lot of heart and love and respect for the various institutions. What I'll say for any of them is improv is anything is possible. And all the rules that we learn is because like we see improv, we're like, I want to be able to do that. And so we have to um, put uh, academics into it. So the teaching has to come in that's going to give you some training wheels and parameters. And so what I will say is that any school that you learn from is to like kind of train your muscles, give you drills, but then uh, ultimately the goal is to go like, fuck it, and just totally be present and available to whatever comes up. And I think that's the ultimate goal of every institution, but each of them give you a different set of training wheels that they believe will help you to get there. And unfortunately, a lot of us get lost in mastering the, the training wheels, but the training wheels have to come off. And sometimes the institutions don't also encourage us to take them off because, frankly, there's a capitalist system in play. I just got really intense. <laughs> but it's true, right? Oh, no, no, no. That, 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 that's absolutely true. Uh, you've all, I mean, it just to me, it's always been common sense. It's like, yeah, study, study everywhere. Study everywhere. Because ultimately, what you're going to do is decide what works for you. Ultimately, you'll study everywhere, and then you'll realize I was right all along. Right? Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's do a set. Let's do a set. I'm nervous. All right. What's going to happen is me and Amrita are going to do about 25 or 30 minutes long form improvisation for you. And all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Trailblazer. Trailblazer? Trailblazer. Oh, God. That guy's so intense. You said trailblazer? Dear God. <laughs> the pressure's already on. Oh, I just got the babe to bed. Uh, I'm I'm regretting that. (laughs) You. If I had any energy right now, Michael, I would break down. This is Michael time. Anything. No, not kid shit. No. (laughs) Um, I wanted to let you know that, um, Michael Jr. said his first word is daddy. <laughs> nothing? That was that something right there. I chuckled. <laughs> I chuckled. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> is that a little joy? Yeah, it was a little. Nothing. Says daddy. I was, I, was, I, was, I was kind of laughing because it kind of screws you. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, you've been doing the heavy lifting here, yeah. all right? You carried him, you gave birth to him, yeah. you're the primary caregiver. Yeah. I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> so that he said daddy first, it's sort of like, wow, that's really disrespectful to you. <laughs> it's like, already. Not even one yet. And he's sticking it to you. Yeah, I think about that. Yeah. You're starting to regret it too, aren't you? <laughs> we could be drunk and having sex right now if it wasn't for that kid in there. <laughs> Remember when we used to get drunk and have sex all over the house? I mean, a penis to me right now could... I can't even think of it in a sexual way anymore. It's just this... That's a problem. <laughs> that hangs off 
yes. <laughs> that see, we need to fix that. You know, I'm technically right now like in menopause in the first year post baby. That's so I have like no libido for a reason. Have you ever asked me that? Why I have no libido? I I need a drink. <laughs> have you ever wondered why I'm not drinking? No. Because I'm feeding not, our child. You have to breastfeed. You That's right. You can't drink when you're breastfeeding. I have no I libido. I have to breastfeed. <laughs> and my baby doesn't even respect me. <laughs> Already machismo. Right. I was kind of baiting you there with that. He, he's not even one. He doesn't he does not respect you. He's not he's not con conscious enough to not respect you. Michael, you know this brain? It remembers everything you say. Yeah, I know that. And will repeat it back to you at operative moments to remind you of the pain that I carry with me every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Prolapsed uterus. <laughs> barely make it to the bathroom in time to pee. And you want to talk about putting a thing inside me? <sighs> I'm gonna have a drink tonight. No. Why not? Breastfeed. You're still breastfeed. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to stop me? I'm bigger than you. I'll just stop you. Domestic abuse? Babysaving. <laughs> oh, that's good. Takes the edge right off. Uh, aren't hormones supposed to be coursing through your body making you feel good right now? I read a little bit. I read up a little bit. I'm trying to help. It doesn't help from the lack of sleep. Well, no one's getting any fucking sleep. You know what used to help us get sleep? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Punching my uterus never helped me get sleep. That's not what that... I, what does that mean? That is, what does that mean? You thought that meant punching your like uterus? Punching my Then you get as drunk as you want. I can't fucking wait. I'm looking to forward to that. Fucking drink. What's that? I'm looking forward to that. If we can get drunk, you can get drunk again. Am I intolerable sober? <laughs> Michael, tell me the truth. Have we really? Is this? Is this what we've come down to? I gotta make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a, uh, this is where we'll be living. Uh, I'll build us a, a sort of, a sort of dwelling in the, in the, in the canopy. <laughs> this, this is a thing we're doing. <laughs> we have left civilization. Oh, Sergei, I am so excited. <laughs> yes. This. All right. Yes, what? We're going to say this? No, I just, I, your ingenuity and creativity <laughs> and just there's so much joy on you, you know? It's... <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's yes. very 
Now, how do you build things? <laughs> Let's see, we'll need some sort of, we'll need a bunch of nails. Uh, so, Let's look around for nails. Oh, okay. I'm sure there's some nails here in the canopy. I know, let us play again. <laughs> when you find a nail, we each of us tell a little thing that we like about the other person. <laughs> How is that, Sergei? Okay? Sounds like a fine game. I have no problem with that game whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm, sure one of these, I'm sure one of these trees drops nails. I don't think but you've been very smart up until now, so you know. Yeah. We'll find some nails. <laughs> nails. Need nails. Are you I looking? didn't find any Are nails. Not, you, you weren't looking closely. Nails don't just appear. You have to look. They're very small. They can be under things. You have to get down, down in there and look. You have to really look. Listen, Sergei. I know you've had some trauma in your life. <laughs> and perhaps you think we are at home depot right now. But we are not. We are in the wilderness. And I will look for the nails with you. But please don't break down if you don't find the nails, okay? I wasn't breaking down. I just was complaining about your lack of looking. Okay, look, I'm going to look. <laughs> hey, that's some looking right there. <laughs> down on your knees. I'm just Leaves, 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 twigs, twigs. Something happening, Gross. and we're in nature, and you have yet to I, hit on me. Of 
I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was romantic. Listen, no one is looking. We can do anything we want. All right, all right then. What do you want to do to me? <laughs> Close your eyes. All right, closing my eyes. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you stomping through the through the undergrowth. What was that? <laughs> what is? What are you doing? Your heart is healed. Let the demons that reside. Because nobody reads anything on their paper anymore. <laughs> if they want to be digital, it does not mean you are not a man. Open your eyes. That was weak. <laughs> I was thinking some filthy shit. <laughs> I'm a lady. I'm, I'm sorry, you got me all excited here in the middle of nowhere. And then you, you removed some demons that weren't inside me. Yeah. I don't see the failure of my paper as a, as a, as a, any sort of testament to my lack of manhood? You don't? Because you should. It is. <laughs> it really is. All right, let's get the hell out of here. What are you going to say? No. Are you coming with me? Being in the wilderness has made me think I don't want to go back. That's the spirit. Let's go deeper into the woods. Yes. Let's find a place where there's no change. <laughs> no change. No, no coins. No newspapers. No, no newspapers. No Nothing. words. We'll make Nothing. our own language. Yes. <laughs> and get tribal war paint and exercise the demons inside of you. keeping eye contact with me, isn't it? Uh, no, it's fine. Yeah. Are you gonna cry? Because you can cry. We all cried at Dad's funeral. I know you're gonna miss that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna cry. Okay. If you look at me long enough, you could, you could cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to cry. I don't, I don't feel the need to cry. I mean, I suppose I could look at you until I was, I don't know, I don't want to cry, I don't need to cry. Okay, fine, Deepak, you don't need to cry. Orange juice? <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> okay. I would love 
to get you orange juice. Pulp. What? Pulpy kind. No <laughs> pulp. No pulp it is. Damn you. <laughs> Every morning. simple, it's so consistent. And you had to bring it up. <laughs> Just because he's dead. And I couldn't make his funeral. Because I was an extra in a commercial. <laughs> thing I booked. Alright? That's that's a that's a that's a ceiling breaker, alright? That, that breaks the glass. Now my agent believes in me. Diva, you weren't even in the edit. You weren't even in the commercial. We tried to play it at the funeral and you weren't even in it. You weren't even in it. We played it three times and it was only 15 seconds. You Yes, they got cut, but that, that affected the whole thing. I was part of a process that was beautiful and hours long. Is it possible that they cut you up because you're a bad actor? I'm sorry. That was cruel and below the belt. Still waiting on the check. <laughs> what? They haven't paid me yet. Apparently it takes a really long time. <laughs> I still get paid though. I'm gonna show I'm gonna show you that check. It'll prove I was in the commercial. As a family, we've believed in you that you are that thing without you having to prove it to us. Stop trying to prove yourself to everyone. I'm trying to prove myself to Dan. And he had to die. <laughs> Day after I booked a fucking commercial. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> he got me. Stuck it to me one more time. He knew it. Choose. Do I go to my father's funeral <laughs> or do I act? Really? A commercial or your father's funeral? You think that commercial was easy? You think acting in a commercial was easy? I didn't have any words. All I had was this. 
<laughs> I had to be in that bar, but not be part of the conversation. I had to be silent and yet somehow believable as a patron in a bar <laughs> where they were. <laughs> you know. Where they were shooting hot wings out of a cannon <laughs> at girls in bikinis <laughs> drinking Bud Light. <laughs> and I had to act like that was cool. <laughs> awesome. You know, when you said, we asked, hey, send pictures of you and dad, and when you only sent your three different looks from your headshots, <laughs> and they were the biggest pictures at the funeral, and you were so happy in all of them, you know how uncomfortable that made all of us feel? And you know, dad was looking down and he saw that. He you saw who you really are. You know who dad saw when he looked, you know what he saw when he looked down at those pictures? Who? He saw $450 worth of love. <laughs> <laughs> those pictures were not cheap. That was just a photographer fee. Then I had to get a mass produced. I have 4,000 copies of those pictures. <laughs> You don't know, right? You don't know what it's like to be at a commercial shoot, to be a professional, to share a trailer. With how many other people did you have to share? Everybody else in the commercial. Right. <laughs> that sounds like going to a park and using a public bathroom. So we were not. We were not. We were shooting in a bar. <laughs> All right, not a park. This was a high, this was Bud Light. Have you ever heard of a thing called Bud Light? Huh? Yeah, I have. Bud Light? America's beer, and they've appropriated the American flag in a way that makes me depressed. <laughs> 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 what is America? Just beer? If it's on a can, is it just beer? Is it just beer? Are you proud? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your OJ. Oh, my, my, my. Howdy. <laughs> you were looking a little shifty earlier. Looking uh, down a little and then looking uh, up. I'm just nervous. <laughs> no, I'm just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my. I make you nervous. Yes, you right. You do, man. You <laughs> most certainly do make me nervous. That sure is the truth. Good. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a courting. I've come a courting. Oh. Yeah, I'm here to court. So, uh, <laughs> how you doing? Yeah. I hate that question. Yeah, oh, all right. Well, let me give you another yeah. one. Uh, how's it going? I hate um, that question. All right. Uh, do you, what do you like? No. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, no, I hate that question. Well, you certainly do hate a lot of questions. Yes, you do. I'm still here. I'm still important. All right. All right. I'll tell you a story about myself. Please do. Shall we have a sit in the lawn? 
Underneath this tree is quite hot out here. In the oh, sun. surely we could have a sit on the lawn, get underneath that tree where all the shade is. Here we are. Get this sun off us. I'm learning, you don't, you don't like questions and you don't like being in the sun too long. <laughs> All right, I'm with you. You can have as close as you can get to me without sitting on my dress. I think All it right. will create a certain intimacy in which I can hear your story. All right. That's, that's, Please don't step on my dress. Right. <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's, a, that's a, quite a train you got on that dress. All right. Well. I, I'm gonna sit over here on this stump. Oh, you know? <laughs> all right. Uh, puts me out in the sun, but I don't mind. I like me a little sun. Uh, all right, I own pigs. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, of course I know that. I own You're the largest pig farmer in the county. Yes, that's true. I own 400 pigs. They're all, they're all breeding hogs. <laughs> Tell us a little bit something about yourself, aside from you being the prettiest damn thing I ever did lay my eyes on. Well, it's true. Uh, uh oh. Of course it's What? It's so tired. Oh, of course it's tired. It's so tired. I actually haven't eaten since three days ago. <laughs> that's just that's just terrible. You need to eat to live. I mean, people, you need food in you. Why is it tight? Of course it's a god, that gosh darn tight. If it's too tight, you should loosen it up. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one, I just said. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm a funny man. <laughs> well, I couldn't nearly wear my dress if my corset wasn't tight. What would I do, walk around my bloomers? <laughs> oh, oh, don't. I think I've I think I've done enough for today. <laughs> you 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 done you mentioned your bloomers and I I don't respect that at all. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna move on to the next the next farm and see if I can find a girl who, who, who's got a, who's got a decent sense of decency on. <laughs> Someone who likes the slutty type because I know <laughs> that ain't me. I'm gonna go find me a nice, a nice girl who, who uh, ah, oh, look, look at you over there. Okay. <laughs> Another pig farmer, like you right there. How did it go? How did it go? Oh, um, hey, Papa. I was yes. just talking to a gentleman out there. Yes. Did he ask? He has on overalls. No, the wealthiest pig farmer in the county. Did he ask? Did you say bloomers again? <laughs> what if I did? <laughs> Do you want to be married or not? I want to be a free woman that can speak of her bloomers whenever she chooses. <laughs> Why are you so want to speak of your bloomers? They're just bloomers. They're underpants. <laughs> you know it offends the men in this territory. <laughs> You see the flag they fly? You do know the story of this territory, don't you? Uh, tell it to me again. <laughs> I'm gonna have a seat. 
<laughs> I love the feeling of my bloomers on the bare wood. All right. You can stop speaking of your bloomers in this territory. Long ago, there was a horse. The most majestic horse anyone had ever seen. He came over that hill. He was larger than any horse anyone had ever seen before. Perfectly formed. He stood 12 feet high at the back. An enormous beast. He ran, he, ran through the, he ran through the town, and everyone came out and looked and cheered. And they stopped in the middle of that town. He died. A <laughs> little girl was sitting on the, on, the, on the wooden curb next to the street. The wooden curb. A wooden curb. Wooden, wooden curb, yes, a wooden curb. <laughs> she looked at the beast, and she said, Bloomers. <laughs> so no one has spoken that word since. <laughs> it's the word death in this area. That's the story I heard anyway. Pappy, dare I say something? Though I have not eaten in three days. And you'll not eat for another three. Until you are <laughs> Dare I say Yeah, wait a minute. Well, 
claims it then. He's asked for your hand. <laughs> yes. You will be wed finally. And I will be free of you in your filthy bloomer talk. <laughs> Again, man. <laughs> bloomers, bloomers, bloomers. <laughs> One day, maybe. Labia, labia, labia. Yes, you can say all that. <laughs> that doesn't bother us. Just the word bloomers we've taken. We've taken that, it's ours. Can't say it. That's a man word. Bloomers. Hopefully one day the territory will become a place where women too can say bloomers. But that is not, that is not today. That is not this time. Sergei? Yes? It's time to take a rest and come inside. All right, I'm off for going inside and taking a rest. Let's get, but there's, there's no demons in me, nothing in my head, no no weird things that need any sort of any witchcraft. I'm happy to go inside and take a rest. Ah, ah God damn it! Stop! I know what you're doing. You're you're, you're, you're doing something that's fucked up. That's why I tried to lure you out into the woods. 
so I could feed you to them. Except, except you got so annoying, I couldn't take it anymore, and I had to come back. Then I built this this room with no wall, with no no doors. I'm annoying. That's not even as bad as you want to eat me because there's something romantic about that, like you really love me. But I'm annoying? Right now, what are you doing? That's annoying. <laughs> so you're pouting and doing that. Sergei, we're an interracial, intercontinental <laughs> potential in our partnership. You're a failed newspaper man. All right. Hey, come on! <laughs> you know what we should do? Huh? What else? We should have a baby. Oh yeah? We should have a baby. I would be so I would be such a good father. Oh man, honey, I would love to have you inside me. And then we could create something. Yeah. It'd be so fucking hot. <laughs> I would take such good care and of you know, baby. I would love to do all the work. I won't bother. It's like gonna be so fulfilling. No, I, w I would never let that happen. Yeah? You promise? I would be there every step of the way. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a modern man, babe. Yeah, honey. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would absolutely be there for that baby. Oh. You know what? I'm going to do a natural birth. I don't care what it does to my body. <laughs> now they know that you're going to be there for me. I will be there for you. I'm going to go natural. I'm going to really take care of myself. There's no way. I don't care what they do to your body. There's no way this could ever stop. I know. Ugh, I want you to. <laughs> 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 That's our job. <laughs>